We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. Oh, I love that. That's so good, isn't it? Good morning. It's so good to be back with you, Hope Church. I love you. Man, we miss you when we're gone, and my wife and I just got back from an amazing vacation. I just want to start out by saying thank you to all of you because of your generosity that you gave them pastor's appreciation. We got to go on an amazing vacation, had some time away together, and uh, came back refreshed, refired, and we are excited for what God is doing here in and through Hope Church in the Flathead Valley. We're so glad that you're here in this message series, uh, something that God really stirred in my heart as I look at our culture today and I look at the church, I see this uh, collide or collision, if you will, between our culture and what um, Jesus calls us to be as the church, disciples of him. And how do, we, how do we learn to love and live in that love in our relationships and not allow culture to shape our relationships. And so this whole message series called Addicted to Love is really how we detox from what culture has taught us about love and relationships and how we reestablish the foundation of love and relationships through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. And so we're so glad you're here. Um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Bishop David Halliburton and the First Lady, Mrs. Elizabeth Halliburton. Did an amazing job last week while we were gone. Just... I love that message uh, as we got to watch it while we were traveling and just cheering on what God has done in and through your lives and how he birthed the ministry that now you're living out through allowing God to bring healing and wholeness um, to your marriage and to each other. And so what an amazing message that was. And um, each week we're going to dive into different topics about love and relationships and what the Bible has to say about it. And today is a really special day um, because we're going to talk about being Christian single. You've heard of Christian mingle, but what about being Christian single? And so I think, um, I just want to encourage you as your pastor, when I um, prayed into what the Lord had for us as a church this year, uh, on Vision Sunday, I brought you a message entitled Into the Next. And what it really means is that I believe that God has called us to, as the church, to invest into the next generation. I believe that if the church doesn't rise up and begin to invest in the next generation, we are in danger of losing a generation to the world. If you look in the Bible, the Bible is the history of God's people that whenever they didn't invest into the next generation, they lost a generation to the world. And that relationship that was broken with God became in bondage, enslaved to the world and to other nations. And God has called us to be free. We're free people. In fact, Peter says we're a royal priesthood, a holy generation, right? And, um, and so I want to encourage you that today, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I'm married, I'm, you know, let me get on my phone, I can check out to this message. But I believe that there are some things, there's nuggets of truth that you're going to hear today that are not only going to encourage you if you are single, but also going to encourage you if you're married. And so I just want to start out by um, sharing with you a little bit about my personal journey. When I, um, when I got saved, I was about 20 years old, and I came from a broken home. My parents divorced when I was two years old. I never got to see them even, I, ne I never grew up in a home where a healthy marriage 
and relationship was modeled. I came from a broken home, and coming from a broken home, it broke me. I was a wounded young man. I had a lot of insecurities because of uh, the way I grew up in that broken home and wondering why my parents divorced. Was I the cause of it? Uh, feeling the rejection of being um, really bounced around from family member to family member at a very young age. And actually my sophomore year running away from home and being a homeless teenager for a couple of years and then finally coming back to live with my father and, and his new marriage and new family. And that whole experience really shaped my early development in what relationships looked like. And, and what it looked like to me was brokenness. It was, it was hurt. It was pain. It, it, was, it wasn't healthy. And so I, I wasn't modeled that. And, and here I am, a 21-year-old uh, young man, and I find Jesus. And Jesus gets a hold of my heart and gives me new life and new purpose. And the very first thing that I wanted to do after I got saved is I just had this overwhelming desire in me as a single young Christian to want to get married and to want to break the cycle of divorce, to break the curse of divorce in my family history and in my lineage. And so I was determined. In fact, I made a vow to God. And I said, God, it is going to end with me. I am not going to allow the same pain, hurt, and brokenness of divorce to continue in my family line no longer. I am a new creation in Christ. I have a new future. I have a new purpose. And part of my purpose now is to break the cycle of pain and divorce. And so I, I began to pray and ask God. And, and so I, I had this a little bit of fear in me because it puts a lot of pressure when you're trying to find the right person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And I know many of you are in the room or watching that are, that are Christian singles. You feel that pressure. Like, you want to get this right. You know what the Bible says. You're serious about your relationship with God. You're serious about walking out your purity, walking in purpose. And you want to honor God in your relationships. But in the culture that we live in that is sexually saturated, that everything is coming at you from marketing to social media to uh, TV shows to movies, are trying to shape our view of what love is. And I believe we have to detox from this addiction to the world's ideas of love and embrace God's idea of what true love is. And so for me, I started um, praying for my future spouse and I started dating a little bit um, and trying to really find that one. And as I went through that process, um, I knew the first night that I met my wife, the Holy Spirit told me, she's the one for me. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. It was at a Denny's late night. We're supposed to be studying, but we were talking. And, and no, there was, there was literally one moment, I think it was about two in the morning, in between some pancakes and eggs and the Grand Slam breakfast at Denny's that we got for $1.99 when I was at Lee College. Praise God for that. That... I, there was a moment where we stopped talking and it was just dead silence and I was look, looked in her eyes and literally the Holy Spirit quickened in my spirit that she's the one for you. And that began this process of walking that word out and preparing ourselves for giving ourselves to each other in a committed relationship for life. And now it's been over 26 years of marriage and uh, five kids later and, and ministry. Thank you. You should be clapping for my wife, actually. But 
But through the years, one thing that I've learned is when I look back at those years of when I was a Christian single, that God was preparing me as God wants to prepare you. And so I'm just going to give you a few scriptures um, that from the Bible on being a Christian and being single. The first one begins in Genesis chapter 2 when God um, created man and he looked at man and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. He says, and he created, if you guys could put up that scripture in Genesis chapter 2, that he created a helper suitable for him. And so from the very beginning, God recognized, and because I believe of the Trinity, that God operates within it, God, the Holy Spirit, and the Son, all in one union, in perfect relationship, one to another, loving and honoring each other, God recognized that it was not good for man to be alone. And so he created out of uh, Adam's rib, woman, and woman was birthed out of man. This is why for men, we have two great loves in life, women and ribs. Come on, somebody, can I get an amen? <laughs> Love me some barbecue. And so from the very beginning, God recognized that um, we needed help. <laughs> and relationship is one of the most beautiful gifts that God has given us. But then fast forward to the New Testament, and there's talk about uh, being single and how that, that it's good to be single, but it's also good to be married. And so Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, where he says this, uh, verse 7 through 9. He says, I wish that all of you were as I am. Now Paul was single. He was not married, and he was able to fully devote himself to the purpose and plan of God for his life. And that was a gift. It was a grace, a special endowment that God gave him to do what God has called him to do. And he says this, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So right away, Paul addresses the gift of singleness. And so I know for a lot of us, we long to be married, but actually there are some that God may grace or give this gift of singleness for the purpose and plan that God has for their life. He goes on in verse 8. It says, Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say this. It's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And so we see here that Paul is addressing, and we know earlier in the chapter, Paul talks a lot about, um, you know, sexual brokenness and, and um, infidelity and and how that it was infiltrating the church. And just like today, I mean, in the 1930s, one out of like every seven marriages uh, ended in divorce. By the 1960s, it was one in every four marriages. Today, statistics say that it is more than half of marriages are ending in divorce. And so divorce is plaguing us. And not just in our society, not just in our culture, but in the church. And so how do we, as the church, help prepare young people to walk out their singleness and what the purpose of that singleness is? So um, I believe that there is purpose in our singleness, that God's plan for our singleness is to walk in purity, in purpose, and in perfection. And now that may sound weird to you, that word perfection, but, but literally that word perfection in the Bible is the Greek word teleos. And that word doesn't mean perfection in the way we think of perfection, that we have to be perfect. But what it really means, if you guys can put it up on the screen, is that you are coming into maturity. That we are 
coming into completeness. And so part of God's plan for your singleness is that while you are single, that God is trying to help you be, walk out your purity, find your purpose in life, and to come into maturity or completeness. So I'll say this, and then I'm going to turn it over. In fact, right now I'm going to invite to the stage um, our two youth directors, Taylor Danick and Mr. Justin Sheely, accompanied by Jess McDonald, who is going to... We're going to have a little bit of interview where um, Jess is going to interview both of our uh, co-youth directors, two amazing young people who are single. And they're going to talk a little bit about how you walk this out. It's one thing to understand what the Bible says about being Christian single and following God's plan for purity, purpose, and perfection. But let me say this to just set up the whole thing, and then I'm going to come up back up at the end and kind of close it out with some closing thoughts. But you're going to get to hear now from them, people who are right in the middle of trying to walk out their purity, uh, their purpose, and the perfection, what God is trying to do in them to prepare them for marriage. But let me tell you that before you find the right person, it's about becoming the right person. And we become the right person in the waiting. It's in the in-between our singleness that God is preparing us for the person that he has and preparing us to learn how to love how to serve one another, how to communicate, how to handle money, how to become a complete person with the foundation being our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I was, I was thinking um, while we were on vacation, I saw this, this uh, probably an eight-year-old little girl, beautiful little girl, and she was walking out of a restaurant. And her parents were up ahead, and she was walking out of the restaurant, and she had her iPhone out, and she's, like, talking and making a video. And she's trying to be, like, she's eight years old, and she's trying to be, like, all sexy and, and everything and grown up. And I thought it just struck me in that moment how our culture is trying to redefine beauty and love and as a man, a young man, how our culture is trying to define what manhood means to you. And actually, when you look at our culture right now, it's trying to erase all gender sexuality. And, and it completely goes against the truth of the Bible and the foundation for which all relationships have been built on. Um, I was also thinking, I was looking at the beautiful palm trees and the roots system because palm trees can withstand a lot of wind. They can withstand a lot of storms. And what I found is the foundation for those palm trees is what holds them into the ground when storms come. And so singleness is all about growing roots down to get a strong foundation of knowing God and, and knowing who you are, finding your identity and purpose in God before you try to find your identity and purpose in your soulmate. And so I'm going to turn it over with that to Jess, and she's going to lead us in a conversation. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. We've, we've been here before, and so uh, welcome back. Again, my name is Jess. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, I'm going to introduce you to Ms. Taylor Danick. Some of you may not know you. So uh, our conversation starters, and we'll get to you in a second, is first of all, how old are you? What is your current life status? And what is your current relationship status? 
Okay, I'm 20 years old, and um, I work here at the church. I do part youth with Justin, um, and then I'm also part-time um, on the creative team, and I am single. Sir. Hello. How old are you? What is your current life status, and what is your relationship status? I am 26. Um, I do construction and then work with the youth with Taylor, and I am single. I'm Jess, I'm 31 going on 32. I've been married for three years. So that's a little bit about us. We are your in-house relationship experts. You are in good hands. So <laughs> totally kidding, we're not relationship experts, but really what we wanted to do is just like we had in the previous series, have a conversation about the Holy Spirit. We're gonna have a conversation about relationships and specifically singleness. We understand too that singleness, you may think back to like high school or your college days. Um, when we say single, we're just saying you're not married yet. We're not taught, like we will talk a little bit about dating, um, but singleness in this conversation is going to be not married. And we also understand that there are people who you know, are not in their 20s, they're in their 30s, and they're walking out singleness too. So we're going to do our best to speak to all circumstances and give wisdom about singleness so that it applies to all. But in some cases, we're going to be speaking to our own experiences as young adults. And so take what you can. There's wisdom to be had in all of it. And we are going to get started with Miss Taylor. Um, we're going to start with a question. Did you grow up with the freedom to date in high school? I did, <laughs> but um, they weren't really waters that I tested very much, so I didn't really like have to cross that boundary with my parents. <laughs> so what was communicated to you about singleness, about dating, about marriage by your parents? And uh, I understand they're sitting in the room, so <laughs> don't give them the answer they want to hear. I wanna hear what you interpreted about the things that they, they shared with you. Yeah, so I think like my parents did a really good job about like expressing like, you know, we don't think that you should date in high school because it mostly leads to emotional damage um, and not a lot of good comes out of that. <laughs> um, but I think like that they said like, if you are gonna date, like we wanna be involved and we wanna be able to like speak into your life with that and encourage you in it. So it wasn't like a shameful thing, like don't ever date in high school, like how dare you you ever do that but if you're going to do that and participate in it let us walk with you um, and help guide you through it uh, Justin for you were you given the freedom to date in high school and what was communicated about singleness dating and marriage my parents will be in the second service so yeah, I can so say whatever uh, you want <laughs> <laughs> no my my parents um, I just remember them being like yeah you're not allowed to do anything till you're like 30 and so we're like four years out, um, but uh, still single for a reason. We're going for it, you know. Um, no, but it was kind of just one of those deals that really wasn't um, touched on a whole lot. I mean, it was talked about, um, but what was conveyed was like probably just don't. And it was like, okay, I guess I won't. And then and then I did, and and it wasn't great. Um, so you did date in high school. I did, yeah. I had one girlfriend in high school. How did that go? Terribly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that a lack of preparedness? Was that a lack of that was preparation? A lack of like preparation Jesus. maturity? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was communicated to you? Like, if you're going to date, why would you date? 
what's the purpose of dating anyway? In high school? Yeah, at any time. What was um, communicated about dating? I have a very unpopular opinion about this. There's zero point, I think. Just from what I've done, it's like, I didn't, did it add anything to my life? Not really. Did it take away something from my life? A little bit, yeah. you know, because that's, that's things you can't get back. Um, so, I, you know, in high school, it feels cool to, to be in a relationship. I did it, and it was like, yeah, this is great. Um, but it was all a status. It wasn't, I, I was... 17, I had a, a 96 Ford Ranger. I could barely get around. It was like, you know, like I, there, I wasn't in any position to be, you know, moving towards marriage because I think that if, if you're going to date, date with the intention to be moving somewhere other than just, hey, let's just be boyfriend, girlfriend type thing. Yeah. How about you? What was communicated? Like, why would we date anybody anyway? What's the purpose of dating? I mean, from, like, school and peers, it's like, they're cute. You like me? I like you? Okay, perfect. Um, but I think that, honestly, like, it was really ingrained in me that, like, why date? And, I mean, even growing up in youth ministry, it was like, don't ever date. Like, that's a terrible thing to do. Um, but I think that the intent of that, obviously, was like what we said, that I was taught that dating was for marriage. Um, and so why date in high school when you hardly know what you're doing with your life? Um, so there's no real point in doing that. Yeah, I think that's such a great topic too, like why date in high school, but it's kind of, it's all encompassing, like even as a 26 year old, even to friends of mine that are, you know, 34 and still waiting to find that right right partner it's why why date if it's not going to lead into marriage the like why you yeah, know i think that you can meet people without dating so yes. it's like if your excuse is like oh i need to meet people it's like well then meet them and then decide whether or not you think that they're a suitable like person that you should you know push forward in a relationship and, and into marriage yeah so let me ask you a question in your current singleness, are you on the search for the one? Um. <laughs> he is TikTok famous. He stands just over six foot tall. He is yeah. handsome with a great personality. Um. This is Justin. So uh, I don't think that I'm necessarily searching. Um, I figured out a long time ago that it was like, yeah, I can, like, look around, but it just really doesn't, you know, I, I, like, how do I put it? It's, it I, I, I figured out that I would rather work on me being a good, uh, being who I want to date, almost. Be like, if I was a girl, am I someone that's, that would want to be, you know, would I want to date me? And it's like, not really, you know? <laughs> and so... And so I'm like, okay, well, and it's like, but I'm serious. Like, in the, I'm looking at my, my life, and I'm like, there are things in my life that I want to fix or improve on before I even decide, let's go find a, a partner. Because if I'm not ready to move forward to marriage, if I'm not ready to actually commit to something serious, what's the point, yeah. you know? Same to you, madam. In your singleness, are you looking for the one? I'm not. Um, I think... Doors closed, boys. Yeah, no. Go home. Absolutely it's not, not closed, but I just feel like God has me on my own journey and timeline. And that, honestly, like, 
I had an epiphany a few years ago that it's pointless to do anything um, outside of him. And if I'm just looking for me, that's pointless. But when the time is right and when my focus is supposed to be on that, then it will be. And right now, I really feel like God has my focus in really specific areas of my life that he wants me to grow and teach me in. And so I'm not really looking. Yeah, so you said that you had an epiphany about that, though. Was there a different like mindset that you were in before that epiphany where you were searching, where you were eyes peeled? Like, was that a season that you walked through? I don't think so. It was more just like giving the reins of my life to God and and like being able to fully trust him because I totally struggle with that. Like I'm a control freak and I want to be able to like know when things are going to happen. And like I definitely had a timeline like going to go to college, going to get married at this age, have kids at this age. And God was like, yeah, no, that's just, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so it was more just me being able to trust like his process and his time. And that has influenced my singleness as well and how that look at that. So you bring up timelines. I wasn't going to get to this for a bit, but um, is timeline and the idea of being married at a certain age or being, you know, following the trajectory of you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you find the one, you get married, you have kids all by 30 or whatever. I don't know. I feel like the numbers changed. Has that added some pressure to you as a young person in this current age? Yeah, totally. I mean, social media is my enemy because I feel like every time I go on there, it's like, this person is dating. Oh, they just got engaged. Oh, they just got married. They had a kid. And I'm like, I'm 20. Like, they're not that much older than me. Like, am I doing something wrong? Should I be dating? And so it throws me into this, like, confusion and self-doubt and doubt in God's plan for me. And that has been hard. But, I mean, I'm 20. And sometimes I'm like, okay. Like, let's refocus this. I am 20. Like, I'm still young, and I still have a lot of time. And so it's definitely, like, trusting God's process and trying to block out the world's uh, pressure and perspective on what my timeline should be. Yeah, you do have so much time, and I think— we, as a society, as a culture, I mean, it's shifted with things like Tinder and other dating apps, and the dating culture out there is a wild mess right now. But even when I was in high school, there was this idea of you find the one, you get married, you you know go to college, whatever, you get married, you have babies, and then you live the happiest life ever. And I think even in in church culture, we can, with the best intentions, encourage our young people. Well, are you seeing anybody? Have you met my cousin? He would love, like, you would love him. He would love you. Oh, I know somebody who lives down the street from you, and they're single too. And you guys, you know, you both like the color purple. So what if I, like, connected you? And we do it with the best intentions, but sometimes even in the church, we are stepping on singleness as a bad thing when it is a good thing to be embraced we already heard from pastor lance we're preparing we're we're maturing we're planning we're caring for our soul we're caring for our character so that when we meet the right person we're ready to step into it for justin you know he's he doesn't like the version of himself that it currently is he has some things he wants to work on maybe some of us might be in debt that we want to take care of before we join in with somebody else's debt you know there's so many things that go into choosing a life partner and committing to that relationship and i want to gently gently reprimand our church our the not just hope not hope but mind your the, business the church mind your business to mind your mind your business 
but also encourage, encourage us to be walking with God. If we're not right with God, we're never going to be right with a human, especially with the rate of divorce. We should want our single people to be ready and to make good choices and to have the Holy Spirit at their back leading them into that decision. And it just gets so challenging, like before Joe and I were mating, dating. <laughs> oh, Woo! Before Joe and I were dating, or before we were married, when we were dating, um, because of my fears of being divorced, because of my history of abusive relationships in the past, Joe and I took things really, really, really slow. We dated for three years, and in the church, that was like an eternity. And so two years in, everybody's like, well, are you talking about it at least? Are you going to get married? It's like, that's the plan. We still have some things we want to, you know, pinch points we want to make sure we're, this is it, you know? And then three years in it's well is he proposing like when's Joe gonna propose to you you mean the best but that is one of the most challenging questions to receive especially as the girl where you're not in charge of when he asks so just be mindful like for me when three years in I was at the point where I'm like I'm ready I don't know when he's asking and I also cried about this for four hours yesterday so just be mindful because even the next step Joe and I have been married for three years now. We're not, we don't have kids. We have two French bulldogs. Uh, we're not in the process of trying yet, but there's some people who get approached when you've been married for a year and it's like, well, where's your children? And even in this day and age, like the, the rate of miscarriages is so much higher than it was 20 years ago. And again, in your goodness and your kindness and your desire for families to experience the joy of children, you're asking these questions, but we don't know what people are going through. And, and so I just want to just throw that out there. When you approach the question, have maybe consider like a different, a different approach of encouraging those individuals to move forward onto the next step. Because um, that can be one of the greatest challenges, but also uh, what's the greatest challenge you're facing right now in, in your singleness? Um, probably like going to Thanksgiving with my family. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my grandma. No. Uh, biggest challenge. Um, probably just because like Taylor said, it's it's everywhere. The 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 you know, why don't you have a girlfriend? Or, you know, what's, it's almost like a what's wrong with you type of thing. And it's like, I don't know, like, I'm just kind of just doing me, you know, I'm just uh, uh, living life, but I'm also trying to live um, the life that God wants me to live. And so it's tough to stay focused and not be like, because I am, I am famous on TikTok, right? Or, or famous on TikTok. And when you have 17 million people see you, some of those people message you and they're like, hey, I think you're cute. And it's like really hard to be like, ooh, this girl thinks I'm cute. I kind of think she's cute. But I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I just, like, I posted one video and now that, like, I think I have the right to just get into a relationship because n for no other reason other than to just be in a relationship. So I think the hardest part for me is, like, staying focused, um, keep driving towards the goal that I know that I want to set for myself, and then I think God will do the rest. I'm not super worried about it, you know. So what are some ways that you are actively working on yourself? And like, are you in a small group? Are you in therapy or counseling? Like, <laughs> I, I meant that in a kind way. Therapy isn't um, a bad thing. Yeah, no, I'm not in therapy uh, yet. Um, <laughs> After talking but, to me, he's going to need therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, I think just um, staying in the word, um, asking questions um, of people that um, have done it. I think that's a really uh, important thing is to is to is to ask people that have gone through it before, um, and then just you know staying in the word and praying and and being in communication with Holy Spirit because um, I I fully believe that if if my this relationship is good, then this relationship will happen easy. And how about you? How are you, um, like, how are you caring for yourself to prepare for a relationship? Yeah, I think that it's just like realizing that the period of time that I'm in right now in my life, I'm never going to get back. And once I start dating and once I start marriage and start down the road of kids, things change forever. And so really honoring this time to really just dive into my relationship with Jesus and making that the focus. Um, and I mean, I've been recently encouraged by um, an older lady in our church that has gone through that. And she said, I sometimes think about those times when Jesus and I were like this. And that was when she was single. Um, and she really just was pressing into all that God has for her. So I've been encouraged to do that as well and just really being intentional with my time with God. Yeah, I agree with her completely because I shared with you this week, I had the same experience where the two years before I met Joe, I was not dating anybody and my filter to date anybody, it was like I had these five non-negotiables that if you don't put the Lord first, if you don't honor me, if you don't honor my testimony and my history, if you're not a man of courage and if you're not a hard worker, then we're not even getting coffee. But in those times, <laughs> I mean, I had to, I, I had gone through so many things. It was like, I'm not going to waste my time. I, my picker's been wrong. Like I, I briefly mentioned, I had been in some abusive relationships. And so I just really needed to have a stronger filter of, you can say you love Jesus, but do you honor me? Do you honor my family? And do you walk that out? Um, because it's one thing to say, it's another thing to, to be it. But those two years of not dating somebody were the tightest that I was with Christ. And I'm still tight. It's just now that I'm married, it, 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 the shift of focus was so much more different than I was prepared for. And you have to fight for that rhythm a little bit more than, than before. Um, do you have any fears around dating and marriage? And if so, how are you combating those? Um, I think that, like, for me, it's honestly, like, am I going to find the one? And, like, with the, like, statistics, like, it's crazy. And I think, too, like, I even think, like, is there even anybody out there like who qualifies like in those things um, that are most important to me? Um, so I think that's just like something I've struggled with is like, how will I know they're the one and is the one even out there? Um, and I know that they are, but I don't know. There's a, that's just something that I think I've struggled with. Uh, Justin, do you believe that there is the one? Um, I think some people have the one. Um, because there's, I mean, there's stories of people that I've heard of, like, I saw this girl walk by, and I was like, she's the one. And then they've been married for, like, 45 years. And it's like, that's awesome, you know, that's cool. Um, but I also think that um, I thought the one was the girl I was, talk like, dating in high school. So, you know, I think that, I think the one is the one that God puts in front of you and, and that you hear from Holy Spirit 
that's the one. I don't think that there is like a mythical unicorn woman running around like that I need to go like, is she, like I moved here two years ago. Is she in Montana? I don't know. Like she wasn't in Oklahoma apparently. So <laughs> let's move to Montana. You know, like, do I need to move here? Like somewhere, you know, I don't think that that's a thing. I think, I think uh, God will place a person and God has a person for you. Um, but it's also like, I think it's really easy to let love um, or your your emotions decide who the one is and not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so I think in singleness, it's really important to like know what the Holy Spirit sounds like so that it's not like you speaking. Because I, I thought about this earlier. I was like, if if God is love and what we perceive as love is love, they may sound a little similar, right? Because of course God loves that person, right? And we're supposed to love everybody, right? Um, but it's like, are you supposed to love that person? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think practicing and hearing Holy Spirit for other things prepares you to hear Holy Spirit for relationship things because I feel like it's really hard to, because your emotions are involved and you're like, I think Holy Spirit said like, yeah, I think Holy Spirit said something. You know, like... <laughs> Because I just want it, but yeah, to really, yeah. to really hear Holy Spirit and to know, um, I think is like the most important thing in finding the one that yeah. you have. That's really good. And to tag onto that, I I believe the same of what we've already said. But I also think that regardless of what you hear from the Holy Spirit it's also a decision. Like, it's a choice that you make every single yeah. day. When you hear that prompting, when you feel those feelings, when you spend that quality time and you get to know a person, it's also, I'm choosing to invest, I'm choosing to commit, and then, you know, marriage and all, all the things. You stand at the altar and you say, till death do us part, and that's a choice because I would, I would think that there might even be troubled stories in this room where they did hear the Holy Spirit say that's your spouse and then ultimately things happen and divorce happens it, but it's a choice every single day whether you hear that or not you're choosing to love that person and they also have to choose you back yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah I think the choosing part is important and I, I we talked about this earlier with like um I came home and my dog pooped on the carpet um <laughs> and you're like what does that have to do with singleness um <laughs> Not a lot, uh, really, but if you, but I started thinking, and I was like, we were talking, and I was like, I love my dog, right? And, but crap happens, right? And, you know, and so I had to, I, I was like, and it was a big one, too. My dog's, my dog's big. He's, he's 103 pounds, and it was, it wasn't on the kitchen floor where I could have just wiped it up and wiped it down. I had to shampoo the carpet, um, but, it, like, relationships can be that way too because it's like oh I love I, like as a puppy I was like I love him so much it doesn't matter what he does ever I, I'm gonna love him forever and like this morning I wanted to just like kick him out the door because I'm like trying to get ready and come to church because he's like 45 in dog years now yeah he's like, he should know better you should know better and but also it's like yeah that happened but I'm also I'm, it doesn't change the fact that I still love my dog, you know? And so I feel like relationships can be the same way because you get into one and it's like, oh, this person did a thing and now I'm upset. <laughs> and I don't, I just don't know if this is who God has for me, you know? It's like, or maybe they just, 
pooped on the carpet and because because you didn't take them out before you went to work you know, maybe that was the reason you know and so I, I think if you don't have a dog and you're single probably get one and it'll te it'll teach you a lot of things um, and if anybody needs therapy now we're gonna cover your yeah. first session <laughs> yeah sorry didn't didn't plan on talking about poop that much in, in church <laughs> but I think it's such a great analogy because we also talked, you know, when you're dating, when you're, when you're meeting people, when you're building relationships, building connections, friendships before the dating part, you know, you get the puppy and it's really cute and it doesn't matter if it poops on the floor. It's just a puppy. They're learning, you know, we're going to figure this out as you get older, the puppy matures, you know, accidents happen. You're not just, you didn't take Reginald to the pound because he right. had a mistake, you know? And for some of us, I think we're into serial dating where it's like, well, they messed up, so we're moving on. Well, they, you know, they're not tall enough or they cracked a joke I didn't like, and so we're moving on. Or, you know, they just, they voted differently than me, so I'm moving on. Everything else is out the door. But we're training ourselves for divorce when we date that way. I, and I think that's the problem in today's current society where we're just swiping right. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, you're probably safe. Um, but there's these dating apps where it's like, well, I like how they look, so I'll say yes. Or I don't like how they look, so I'll say no. And we'll go out on these dates and most of them end up one night stands. But then you're like attaching yourself emotionally and physically to people and then moving on and then attaching and then moving on and attaching and then moving on and then finally you find the one and what are you trained to do you're attached but then when poop happens you move on and so why are we allowing ourselves to be in this cycle that just keeps repeating that like you know but also don't just attach yourself to somebody so early on until you know them that's the purpose of friendship that's the purpose of dating um so let's talk really quick and then we'll wrap it up you guys are youth leaders how would you encourage the parents to either encourage their youth or how would you di direct the youth in this room on, on dating? Let's say they are in a relationship in high school. What's your advice? Um, I kind of touched on this before, but I feel like um, I had one incident where I liked this boy and we were at a conference. Like he didn't go to the same church as me. He actually lived in a different town. Um, and one of his youth leaders was like, do you want to know what I think about you guys liking each other? And we were like, uh, and he shamed us in front of this whole table of people. And it totally put a bitter taste in my mouth. And because of that, it made me shameful to like somebody. And it made me shameful to talk to my leaders about it and my parents about it. And so something I want to encourage parents um, and leaders with is to not make it a shameful thing. Like, yes, we don't really believe that students should be dating in high school. But if they're going to date, which they probably are, let's equip them to keep Jesus first in those relationships um, and to set up healthy boundaries and things like that instead of making it a shameful experience because it's not. Um, and I think that we need to put a healthy light on it so that they put a healthy light on it and that they're open to talk to their parents and to their leaders about it. And even for teens um, who are in this room, I think the best thing that you can do is make healthy boundaries and to talk to your leaders and your parents about how to do that. Boundaries are always a fun question. That was beautiful. <laughs> Boundaries. Um, the question that everybody wants to have answered is how far is too far? I think if you're concerned about how close can I get to sin, you've already gone too far. I think if you're more concerned about where's the line 
and how close can I get, then it's, you're, already, you're, you're already past the line. You might as well just jump. Um, I think if you're more concerned about honoring the person and protecting their heart, you're not going to have to worry about boundaries. You know what I mean? That's really. All, I mean, there's practical things like they probably don't like sleep together. You yeah. know, it's like we're we're not doing anything. We're just in the same bed. It's like right. well, uh, maybe you know that's that that's that thing. You know, <laughs> you know, but yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, and I think this kind of applies to friendships yeah. too, because you don't want to just pick somebody and like I think they're cute. I've heard they have a great personality. You want to go to dinner? Like, I think a healthy encouragement would be spend time with people. Be friends first. Friendship lasts. Beauty fades. Anything done rushed probably isn't going to last. So really invest in the relationship. But even in boundaries and friendships, even those you might be like interested in. Um, I was told if they're not your spouse, they're somebody else's, so honor them as such. So I'm either honoring them as if one day we'll be married and we get to like enjoy all the joys of our commitment together, or if we're not married, you're marrying somebody else, and I don't want to be responsible of robbing your future spouse of something that was meant to be preserved for them. And so that will also help in setting those boundaries. Um, so how, this is my last question, and then we got to wrap up. I, would, I, I could I talk about this forever. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, the, I think that it's a common misconception that has just been made a thing in uh, especially young relationships. Is like if you're talking to someone, are you dating? It's like, no, you can be friends. Like yeah. just because you're friends with the opposite sex doesn't mean you have to date them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times that friends and family members and just people around can be like, oh, they're talking, mm -hmm. you know. It's like, yeah, this is what people do. We talk. Um, and that doesn't mean that, that we are trying to move forward, and maybe we are, but if we aren't, then that's an awkward situation in itself. Yeah. So yeah, and it's that okay even, to be friends and, that even carries, and not have to worry about being in, in a relationship with them. Totally. And I think that carries into there's the pressure to have a relationship because that means you're whole or you're, you know, you're doing the thing. You're living your best life. Um, but also, like, we can learn from each other as friends of the opposite sex. And we, we've talked about this a lot. Justin and I, are, I would consider us great friends. Um, but in some circles, I'm married, he's not, so we shouldn't be friends, like, because we're not married to each other. In some circles, this might be taboo to have a friendship. But there's things, no matter, no matter what stage you're in, we can learn from each other by being friends. I learn things from you, you learn things from me and my perspective of life. I learn things from you. I can learn things from um, our elders and the other men that I serve with. You know, having healthy friendships is a necessity and connect groups are a great way to build relationships with the same sex or with the opposite sex. Um, serving on a team, like I think the church is the place to start living your best life. Like, it's the place to start living out your singleness and being encouraged into the different walks and different seasons that you're in and to learn from the people who've been married 26 to 45 years before us. And, and even the young marrieds, what did you learn that you didn't expect? I think this is a beautiful place to start. Last thing, Miss Taylor, uh, before we go, uh, some encouraging words. <laughs> wow. You got this. <laughs> um, I think that just like the key to all this is just like finding your love and worth from Jesus ultimately and keeping that first and finding your purpose in him as well because 
as soon as like we start finding our purpose in marriage, like that's it, that's the only thing that I can find my purpose in, we're taking away from what God has for us in this season. And that's super important because he has something for all of us in whatever season we're in, whether that's singleness, dating, engaged, marriage. Um, but to just really trust his process, his timing, and to find your love and worth and purpose in him. Final word from you, sir. I think that just an encouragement to, to single people is that just because you're single now doesn't mean you'll be single later, but just because everyone else is doing relationships and everything, that doesn't mean you need to, to rush anything or push hard to be like, oh, I, I, I'm falling behind. I'm losing this imaginary race that, that I'm not a part of at all. You know, like I, I haven't even started the race yet. Like how, how can I win? Um, it's not a win-lose thing. It's a you and God thing. Um, and so I think if you can, it's again, like work on this relationship, you and God, and then he'll set this one up. Um, if, if that is what you want to do. Yeah. Not everybody wants to have this relationship. And um, if that's the case, then work on the community relationship yeah. and, and just honoring friends and, and family. And my final word is for anybody who is currently dating or, you know, on the look or whatever it may be, surround yourself with wisdom, find a mentor, find an older trusted couple that can invest in you, that you can ask questions and, and then trust your friends. If Trust your friends, trust your family, the people who are closest to you in your friendship network, when you do find a prospect, if you will, if they don't like something about their character, listen. The people who know you the best are going to be your best help in choosing the right person. And with that, thank you for your time, church. It's time for Pastor Lance. Come on, can we give it up? What an amazing job. Thank you so much. So good. I'm just going to share with you a couple of final thoughts, and we're going to have the worship team come up, and we're going to wrap up. But I, I love what Justin, that was funny about the poop on the carpet. But here, here's the reality. When we get married... We bring our crap from our life with us into marriage. It doesn't automatically disappear. And I believe that there's a myth that we have bought into by our culture that marriage is somehow going to make us a better person. It's going to complete us. I'm sorry, Jerry Maguire, but only God can complete you. Another person can't complete you. And so if you are thinking that marriage is going to solve all your problems, it's not. And for me, I, I like to say the greatest gift that God, the wedding gift that God gave me was before my wife and I got married, there was a, a lady who came to our church um, who did inner healing. And um, we went to a weekend where my wife and I, we uh, worshiped together and God met us in that place and he healed some deep wounds within my heart and my soul. Because I wasn't a Christian for, for many years, and I dated. Um, I had uh, sexual partners before I married my wife. My wife was a virgin. I was bringing in these soul ties of everyone that I gave myself. We don't understand the biblical uh, concept, idea of, of sex, is that you are tying your soul to another person. This is why it's so painful and emotionally painful when that relationship doesn't work out because 
that was never meant to be in a casual relationship. It was meant to be in the context of a committed marriage relationship where you two literally become one flesh. And so I had to allow God to, to wash away the crap that I brought before I brought that into my marriage. And I'm so grateful that his gift to me was that he brought healing and he cleansed me of all my impurity before I got into marriage. Now, that doesn't mean I was perfect by any means, but what it did do is it saved me a lot of heartache. And so what I would say is, is this, you're either being prepared or you're preparing for pain. You're either allowing God to prepare your heart or you're preparing for a lot of pain in your marriage. And I know that there's a lot of married people here in the room and watching online, and, and here's what I would say, that maybe you didn't have the gift of preparation. But even now, I believe that the Holy Spirit can awaken you to things that are in your life that are hurting your relationship. That maybe that you didn't have that time of preparation or you didn't take that time of singleness uh, seriously, or maybe you weren't even walking with God during your single years, and now you're in a marriage and you realize, I still have some stuff in my life. Whether you're single or whether you're married, I believe that God wants to restore purity and purpose, and he wants to bring completeness and wholeness to you. And God can do that, whether you're single or whether you're married. And so how I want to close is I just want to pray for you worship team is going to lead us in a final song. Pastor David will come up and close us out. But as the church, I just think it's so important that we come alongside our young people and help them. Take this serious. See this as a gift from God, not a curse that you're single. And that God is wanting to prepare your heart so that we can break the cycle of divorce and break the cycle of pain. And we can glorify God in our relationships and show the world that doing things the way that God set up and restoring back the love and the foundation of, of true commitment in marriage and covenant relationship, what that looks like. How could show the world that doing things God's way is the best way? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time together this morning. God, I pray for every person that is single. God, I pray that they would see this season as a gift from you, not a curse. God, that you would help them to detox from the world's ideas and ways of being single and dating and cohabitating with free sex and love and nothing. Everything goes and nothing matters. God, I pray that you would break those patterns pray that you would restore purity and purpose. God, that you would bring them into wholeness so that they could be the right person while they're waiting for the right person. And God, I pray for those of us who are already married that we miss that season. God, I pray that you would even restore and lead them back into a season where you show them things that you want to work in them and work out of them and restore purity, restore hope. And God, even bring them and lead them into a season where you continue to show them your love and where you want them to grow in not only the knowledge of the love that you have for them, but in their love for their spouse.
in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com give. Also, follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.